It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Vikings re-sign Garrett Bradbury and a big-name quarterback. We react to those moves and take your Vikings questions on today's mailbag edition of the Minnesota Football Party. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next-level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I'm Sam Ekstrom at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. It's the mailbag edition of the Minnesota Football Party, which means we're joined by Carol Evans Sports Director Reggie Wilson at Reggie Wilson TV on Twitter and Luke Inman of Lockdown Sports Minnesota at Luke underscore Spinman. It's good to see you, gentlemen. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more at FanDuel. Check out FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. We're also available in a number of ways on YouTube. Watch all the videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota channel. Please subscribe and comment below. Uh, Today, comment with your thoughts on the Byron Murphy signing. That's the big news of yesterday. Um, We're also available free wherever you get your podcasts. And we're also on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Gentlemen, uh, are your eyes glued to Twitter the last couple of days? It has been a news dump, not just for the Vikings, but around the league. We got Aaron Rodgers news probably coming down the pipeline today. Uh, This has been crazy, hasn't it, Reggie? Man, it's like I need to turn on my notifications for Rap Sheet and Schefter, (laughs) but then also Pelissero, but then also Garofolo. But then also, <laughs> like, <laughs> there's too many scoop artists now. It's like, good lord! Like, okay, all right. And then, like, it's funny too because you know, doing our show on a nightly basis, our sports cast on Care Eleven, it's like, okay, I'll get everything together. Okay, cool. We ready, pre- ready to present. And then something like last night happens, like right before I'm about to go on air. You know, the whole thing about yeah. Byron Murphy happens. You're just like, what the heck? And so it's just you you can't really keep up with everything, but it's it's an exciting time of year. Right. It's just like, Mm -hmm. okay, oh, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And if it gets too quiet for too long, then, you know, like a bomb is about to happen. So let's react to yesterday's moves, most of which, unfortunately, Luke, they dropped after we recorded yesterday's Minnesota football party. So, yeah, that's how that's how it goes. So today let's talk Cousins restructure Bradbury re-signing and Byron Murphy acquisition. Then we'll get into your Vikings fan questions. Um, I would say uh, the headline is Byron Murphy. The the Vikings go get one of the top young cornerbacks on the market. Two years, $22 million from the Arizona Cardinals coming off an injury to end last year. He played really well, actually, against the Minnesota Vikings right before he got hurt. But this replaces Patrick Peterson with a younger, maybe higher potential 
cornerback uh, who obviously slots in as an immediate starter. Apparently he can play some nickel as well, but uh, he's your CB1 right now, Reggie. It's so funny, too, because um, Byron Murphy pretty much took Patrick Peterson's place in Arizona, and now he's going to take Patrick Peterson's place <laughs> Good point. here in Minnesota. And so, uh, you know, what's interesting, and I brought it up to a group chat yesterday, um, it seems like with these free agent signings, Kwesi... Quasi is a, a numbers guy. He's a calculated risk guy. You know, he's a, a former Wall Street guy. And it's just so interesting. Like, two things seem to be at play here. He likes to play with the money. I think that part is kind of fascinating to him, like how he can manipulate. He and Rob Brzezinski, I feel like they're in, like, this dark room. And they're just like, <laughs> like, just trying to, like, figure out what they can do next. Uh, to make the money, you know, manipulate to what they wanted to do to work the cap. But then also, it's been interesting, the the free agents that have signed uh, or even just keeping their own people. Like, you bring back Garrett Bradbury. He went below, like, what PFF graded his market to be. And they signed him back for the three-year, you know, nearly $16 million. But they were projecting him to go at like 18, 19 mil. But, you know, he had a little bit of a prove-it year last year. And then he, you know, hurts his back, misses five games. Like, you kind of get him for a little bit of a bargain. Mm -hmm. Last year, they signed Zadarius Smith. He was coming off the back injury. You're like, Okay, so they kind of get him for a little bit of a bargain. Byron Murphy missed eight games with the back injury last year. Signed him for two years. I saw like reports saying that he could be had for like 16 per, possibly. Whoa. Exactly. They signed him to the, the two-year, what is it, $22 million deal. Like, Kwesi is getting these guys. He's buying low, but he's taking a risk on these guys. Marcus Davenport. He's kind of oft injured a, a bit, but his pressure rate was up there with Zadarius last year. So I think it's it's interesting because, like, you know, they signed him to a one-year $13 million deal. Like, he's taking these, like, flyers on guys that have high upside but also come with a little bit of a risk because of maybe injury history or, you know, maybe they're – you know, they signed Harrison Phillips last year. He had a fantastic year. But talking to Harry last year, he was talking about how in Buffalo he felt like he could have been used a little bit more. He came to Minnesota getting utilized a little bit more. But because of his usage rate not being where he felt like it should be, they kind of got him at a little bit of a of a deal. Really, it was a steal. You kind of look at the production that he had last year. And it's going to be even more now with them losing Dalvin Tomlinson. So, like, all these moves are just super interesting. And they kind of have a little bit of a theme. Yeah, I remember one of the first interviews Brian Flores did when he got to Minnesota. Someone asked him, hey, what do you look for in your cornerbacks? And the very first thing he said was, they got to be able to tackle. 
And it reminded me of Zimmer, actually, for all those years. And I just remember he always said, if you want to run these aggressive, exotic schemes, you're going to be leaving these guys out on the boundary one-on-one by themselves. You got to have guys on the boundary that can tackle, plain and simple. And as soon as I heard Byron Murphy was signing with the Vikes, I thought of that quote because he is a guy who excels on the boundary and also can stick his nose in there and make some of those tough tackles. And the other thing is, too, he can line up anywhere where you need him to. And at the end of the day, that's great. That versatility is outstanding. But really, his bread and butter is out on the boundary. He's a guy who can match mm-hmm. up physically with some of these big-bodied, number-one alpha wideouts. So those are the two things that really stuck out when I did some digging. And just from what I remember about him coming out of Washington in 2018 as well. And the third thing, just the cherry on top, he can blitz. I looked up some PFF numbers last night. Pretty good blitzer. And I know Brian Flores is not afraid to send some DBs when he dials up some of those blitzes too. So from a tactical standpoint, those are really the things that I like about Byron Murphy. But Reggie's right. Like when you look at this thing from a broader lens here, you've got another 25-year-old player coming in on another short-term deal. I think that's what, six, maybe seven guys we've seen. Davenport, Oliver, Bradbury, Greg Joseph yesterday, DePaula yesterday, Nick Mullins. All short-term deals, nothing longer than three years. And those are competitive rebuild type of years. It's not about just, oh, we got to run it back. We went 13-4 and last season. We overachieved. We got to build off that success. Those are moves that can help rebuild the roster, not just this year, but in the future as well. The Davenport signing, I think, was just a perfect example of that because you got a 27-year-old, major upside, on a one-year prove-it deal, they hope that obviously it works out, but if it doesn't, you're not committed to him long-term. You can hit the reset button, so to speak. You can start all over in free agency or the draft. And that's what got Rick Spielman in a lot of trouble near the end. He was committed to these older players that didn't work out for multiple years and big money, and it kind of ruined his cap near the end to the point where he was behind the eight ball every offseason before they even got to free agency. So, I think fans should be encouraged about just what we're starting to see, this trend, this pattern of what these signings kind of indicate with Quasey and what he's looking for. I think you're just watching a GM make these cold, calculated moves right now that we're not used to, that we got used to with Spielman for all those years. And I think when you look at the best teams in the NFL right now, the teams that are near the end in those top four, top eight teams year after year, this is what they do. That's how they stay competitive year after year. So I think it's pretty encouraging. Byron Murphy though just on the field I think is a good signing they needed a veteran he doesn't sound like a veteran he's only been playing for four years he's the new veteran he's been playing four years longer than anybody else in that room so I think it was a good pickup yeah Luke you 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 allude to the short-term deals Quasi signed he has not signed off on a contract longer than three years now. that's crazy in in two off seasons as GM the Justin Jefferson extension will certainly end that trend but to this point he's not given one out That's really not like a super flexible team friendly deal. Uh, A one year flyer on some guys like Marcus Davenport. Obviously, the the Zadarius deal, Harrison Phillips deal, Jordan Hicks, Chris Reed. They all kind of had a similar theme. A couple nuggets on Byron Murphy, PFF. He is targeted a lot and he's around the ball a lot. He's got, you know, 25 PBUs in his career, also given up 22 touchdowns, which would maybe be a knock on him. Uh, on his resume so far. But Luke, you mentioned blitzing 107 pass rush snaps. I'm guessing probably most of those coming from the slot. Uh, That's pretty interesting as well. Tackling has been a little bit of a bugaboo for him, but it was better last year um, for the Cardinals. And, you know, playing in Arizona too, 
not necessarily uh, known for like a phenomenal schematic defense. So, so we'll see how he adjusts to a new scheme, but he's only 25, 33rd pick of the 2019 draft and uh, wearing Patrick Peterson's number, number seven, uh, coming over here to Minnesota. So when you sign guys to big contracts, you need to find money. And the Vikings, to my knowledge, are still well over the salary cap. Now, they made one move yesterday to clear up a significant chunk, $16 million restructured from Kirk Cousins' deal, pushed down the road into void years. Um, I, I did a lot of research on this, heard from a lot of people on Twitter. The best I can figure out, and let me know if you've seen or heard differently, even though the money is technically, from an accounting standpoint, spread out for four years, it will accelerate to next year's salary cap if Cousins is not on the team. So really, the Vikings are looking at a monumental cap hit in uh, 2024. But what I don't know fully is, does, does another team then absorb that at all if Cousins is traded or if he moves on? Or do the Vikings own that now in permanence? That's what I need a capologist to tell me. It looks like, though, the Vikings are eating a big number next year. Yeah, nearly 30 mil, right? 28 yeah, and a half. Five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a big chunk. And I will say in the big scheme, maybe this is a master plan to go draft a quarterback this year. And you're going to say, you know what, though? He's not going to be on the team. And we're going to be paying him 25, 26 mil. But you know what? We're going to have a quarterback on a rookie deal that we're paying peanuts. So it's going to wash itself out. And the other thing, too, is the moves that we've seen so far, getting rid of Thielen, getting rid of Kendricks, you know, letting some of these big names walk. They've cleared up a lot of space for next year as well. So I have to think that this was all part of the bigger plan and that they knew they could absorb that big number. Now, to your point, Sam, I think there's some flexibility there. I think it's a pretty fluid situation that if he does move on, another team could absorb some of that. I don't know the details. Mm -hmm. We need a guy like Luke Brown to come on, like you said, a capologist, so to speak, to come on and explain all the details. But as of now, if they weren't to work out some sort of extra deal on the side, yeah, that's a lot to absorb for a guy that's not playing on your team Mm -hmm. next year. That's huge. I remember when Big Ben was let go of the Steelers and they owed him about 20, 21 mil of dead cap they were paying him the next year. That was insane at the time. That was unheard of. And obviously, this isn't a great situation, but it just goes to show the quarterback deals that we've seen now in the quarterback market itself just over the past five, six years has continued to increase so much that if you can find a quarterback on a rookie deal, obviously the proof's in the pudding when you look throughout the league and some of the success teams have had. It makes things a lot easier. Let's just put it that way for a GM. Makes me wonder a little bit, Reggie, if it indicates the Vikings are trying to hang on to a couple of these other high-priced guys because you think you wouldn't prefer to make that kind of move if you had other methods, um, be it a, a Brian O'Neill restructure, be it a, um, a Zedaria Smith trade. Uh, a lot of that could still be coming down the pipeline. We don't know, but, but I think they need to do you know, another couple moves here to make the money work. I, I guess I'm a little surprised that they did the Cousins move up front, but they did have to get cap compliant by today. So we'll see what happens. But it's almost like, Reggie, they gave him a one-year extension, but, oh, by the way, we don't actually get the player. We just have to pay the player <laughs> another year. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I was, like, reaching out to any and everybody that I could yesterday just to – I feel like the people who manage and deal with the cap and understand the cap are worth 
and get paid a lot of money because it is a very complicated beast. Like, you know, I, I had to have the, the whole concept of dead money and void years explained to me like a five-year-old. And I, I kind of get it better now, but that whole thing is just crazy. Like Kirk Cousins becomes a free agent at the end of this next season, but then they're still on the hook for 28-5 next year. And so now it's 28-5 that they won't have to pay you know, incoming free agents and all that. And I think what they were doing was just kind of bracing for that, which is why you looked at the the Thielen move that they made not being a um, post-June 1 cut. They didn't want to spread that money out. Mm-hmm. I was talking to one of my friends, Ben Baby, who uh, is one of the beat guys on the Cincinnati Bengals beat for ESPN. And he was just like, it's so interesting how the Vikings are kind of – maneuvering the cap with their contracts. He was like, the Bengals contracts are really straightforward. Like they sign people, they don't really restructure and kick money down the road. What they sign you for is what you got. And that's that like for years, like the Andy Dalton deal that they got, Andy Dalton was not necessarily under fully guaranteed money, but he just got what he was owed every year. And once they didn't owe him, you know, what they what they did, like they they cut ties and it was a clean break as far as the, the cap ramifications. It's so crazy how the Vikings are like, you know, we're just going to, you know, restructure here, do this, do that. We're going to kick the money down the road. But like in 26 and 27, there's like eight million here, eight million there that they don't have to play with as far as like bringing money towards potential free agents or you know re-signings or however you want to look at it eight mil in 26 and 27 that is still a ramification from what they did in 22 and 23 with Kirk Cousins it's kind of bizarre yeah it, it, I I envision like a Bobby Bonilla situation where the Vikings just kick so much money down the road that you know ESPN is tweeting out like on the anniversary every day it's like oh it's Kirk Cousins payday He's 65 years old, and the Vikings are still paying him out from his void years. Um, uh, we're going to get into some some Vikings fan questions here coming up, but first, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. NBA season coming down to the wire. NHL season coming down to the wire. March Madness around the corner. This is the perfect time to sign up and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, download the safe, secure FanDuel Sports app, and you can bet on every single March Madness game in a variety of ways. You can stack up point totals or point scores within each game for a same-game parlay, a chance at big payouts. You could bet on all 32 winners in the first round of the NCAA tournament and win $8 billion. Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets uh, when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel. Uh, all right. Couple questions from Nick and Maurice. Same question. Luke, we'll go to you first. Realistic guess. Which QB could the Vikings draft or trade up for? 
Realistically, you know, yep. uh, if you want to draft Bryce Young from Alabama, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, or Anthony Richardson from Florida, you probably got to be drafting in the top three. There's a realistic chance. This isn't like La La Land stuff. They could go one, two, three. That's not very realistic for the Vikings this year, picking at 23 and not a lot of ammo, draft ammo, that is, to move all the way up there. Will Levis could slip just a little bit after that, maybe six, seven, eight. I think Hendon Hooker's the guy that you want to target. And maybe you think you can get him there at 23. But if he's a guy that once you get closer to draft weekend, you're starting to hear a lot more buzz. And, and granted, half the draft game is a lot of smoke screens. You got to be careful. But if you think he's a guy that could get sniped a couple picks before you, I think that's a guy that you move up five, six, seven picks to secure him. Because if he was healthy, not coming off the ACL, if he wasn't, say, 25 years old and instead he was like some of these other prospects, 22 or even 23, I think he'd be a bona fide top 10 pick this year. So the fact that you even have the opportunity to only have to move up a couple picks to go secure a guy like that, get the guy in here now under Kirk Cousins. Let him sit now for a year, and then he's ready to roll in 2024, as opposed to letting Kirk ride this out with Nick Mullins behind him, then drafting the quarterback. But then when you draft the quarterback next year, you're probably going to have to go sign a bridge quarterback, right? Like a lot of teams do, an Andy Dalton, for example. I would rather get the guy in here now, and I think Hendon Hooker, when you ask me who's realistic, is probably mm -hmm. the most realistic quarterback they could get without mortgaging a King's Ransom in future picks. Is, is that a, is that first round for sure, Luke, or could they wait on that for into the third round? Hendon Hooker? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's anybody's guess. Who knows? There's a lot of time in between now and April 27th. A lot of things could happen. But I just know, given the market for young quarterbacks now, again, everybody wants the new quarterback on a rookie deal to build this all-star team around him for five years. I think those first four guys are going to go relatively quickly in the top 10. And then once that happens, you got teams like maybe the Tennessee Titans. They want to move on from Ryan Tannehill. There's at least a handful of more teams who are looking for that quarterback of the future. All of a sudden, everybody's going to look around and say, Hendon Hooker's the last guy left until a big drop-off into the Max Duggins, the Stenson Bennett's, things like that. So I think after those four go, everybody's going to be kind of bidding themselves up to go get Hendon Hooker. I don't think he can wait until the third round on Hendon Hooker. There's no way. I think sure. if you want him and he's still there at 23, you almost got to pull the trigger. I don't know. That Tanner Morgan Pro Day is going on right now. Yeah, that might be well, the you're new, right. I mean, might you be know. the new name. Uh, yeah. Reggie, do you have a QB crush in this draft? I don't have a – I think my QB crush is Bryce Young. Like, I just think the dude is a gamer. I know he is a bit undersized. That's putting it lightly. But just watching him work in that Bama offense, like, the dude – they always felt in it, even when they were down, just because, like, he was just a gamer, man. I, I, I don't really know how else to describe it, but it's just so interesting, like, how – he is like I saw Mock Draft saying that the the number one pick will probably be CJ Stroud. And I'm just like, look, I really like CJ Stroud. I think he proved a lot, especially last season, especially late last season. But Bryce Young to me is the top quarterback in this draft. Like, hands down for me. When it comes to um who I think maybe the Vikings could go after, um, Maybe later in the the maybe second third round, if they wanted to, maybe try to get someone they can groom for the future. 
You look at a guy like Tanner McKee from Stanford, 6'6", 231. Like, he's a dude. Like, he's huge. Has a good arm. Not like – I feel like the NFL is moving towards, like, the, the super athletic quarterback. He's not, like, the most athletic of the guys. Like, he's kind of like your – it's so crazy to call it a throwback, but he's kind of like your throwback to like your your you know Tom Brady, you know your Matthew Stafford, like your pocket passer type dude that is not really expected to like do much with the legs, but like the dude is is huge, man, and and I see thing anywhere from like second to third round with him. He's kind of like in that next tier, uh, maybe right behind Hendon Hooker if Hooker didn't tear his knee up like maybe hooker is higher but i kind of see them kind of like in that same area and so it's interesting that he could be available if the vikings were to think about oh maybe maybe try to get someone they can develop right behind Kirk cousins for a year and and maybe see what they have yeah i I really like him big ben i think about big ben he's just Mm. that big just a monster in the pocket and once you miss out on hendon hooker he's the clear-cut next best guy until a big drop off so yeah i I like that shout out what i was gonna ask just real quick 30 seconds i need your guys opinion on this because i seem to be in the minority here that thinks the chicago bears actually lost that draft trade and I think they could have – I expected them to get even more as wild as it sounds. And I think if they would have waited, they probably could have got a little bit more. Am I nuts? Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that Chicago Bears got not only what it was worth to move down eight spots and miss out on a guy like Will Anderson, or are you guys on the fence? Where are you guys at with that big trade that shakes up the draft quite uh-huh. a bit? So, and, and just for clarity, it was two firsts – like, or it was a pick swap in the first, a yep. future first, and two future seconds – and um, DJ Moore. A, a second this year and a second in 2025. You got to wait two years. So that devalues that pick quite a bit. And this year's second round pick that they got is at the bottom of the round. It's almost an early third round pick. That's how late it is. And then I know DJ Moore is kind of the cherry on top. He's kind of what swings the trade for a lot of people. And I like DJ Moore. I really do. I just think if they would have waited, they would have got a little bit more. Yeah, do you, like do you think DJ Moore is worth a first? Because I guess that it's like you tweeted out when when it happened, Luke. It depends how you view Moore. Totally. Um, I I just I agree with you in that I don't know why they felt the urge to rush. Like why right. why do it six weeks before the draft? What benefit is there to do it? Unless you're worried, maybe you're worried that some of these teams were going to acquire a quarterback in free agency. That's like, true. You, like yeah. there could have been a concern that um, the suitors, the teams that maybe want our pick, will get frustrated or nervous. They'll go figure out their quarterback situation, and then the market dries up. I guess that's the benefit of doing it early. But most teams wait, and they get a king's ransom. So I, I think you could have definitely sat on that um, until closer to draft day. So I'm, I'm with you, Luke. It was a little head-scratching. Yeah, I mean, th- this draft itself has got some of the best quarterbacks at the top we've seen now in the last few years, and I just think they're going to be in such high demand by the time we get to draft night, and there's so many teams that want this new young quarterback to build around. Whoever has the number one pick has all the power, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers like multiple guys that they move down to Houston. They sell Houston on, hey, we love your guy. Houston's got to move up and get a 
a second rounder. All right, boom, they got their second rounder back. Move down to four with the Colts. They get their first rounder for next year back. I just think they hold all the power, and Ryan Poles was a little foolish to move that pick so early, like you said. Um, Let me ask this one, draft-related, QB-related. Brian wants to know, which move in the draft fits the competitive rebuild model more that Quazy's talked about? Is it going full throttle for a QB, or is it adding youth to the defense for Flores to build a foundation? Reggie, what do you think? I definitely think it's adding youth to that to that defense. Like mm-hmm. when you say competitive rebuild, is there's gonna be some growing pains when you do that. But the thought is you know, they can get coached up, play as well as they can, but develop to be studs in future years. And that's the rebuilding part of it. And so I, I think Flores is as good of a defensive mind as they have in the NFL. And I think he's going to get the most out of the guys that he has. But like I said, there may be some growing pains there. That's the that's the you know competitive part is they're going to put them out there and get them ready to play. But, you know, the NFL is a different beast than college, and there's just different challenges. But you hope that the year after that, the year after that, they will be like rock solid for the Vikings and, and kind of build that foundation so that it all seems to be kind of building to me towards building up a bully a little bit and mm-hmm. then being able to find a quarterback on a rookie deal that you don't necessarily have to pay as much just yet. And so now you've got like a foundation set where maybe you can, you know, as you are doing the competitive rebuild, if some of these guys are, are coming up for contracts, you can sign those guys and not have to worry about paying a crazy amount to the quarterback and just kind of building like that. And then you have your quarterback of the future. You have your receivers of the future with Jefferson, with Hawkinson. And maybe you can do a little something. I I can kind of see it coming into place. Yeah, Reggie said that pretty well right there. And I think, you know, you draft a quarterback this year. Obviously, he's not going to help you this year in 2023. He's going to sit on the bench. You draft a defensive player, he's going to come in and he's going to be able to give you more of an instant impact right away, especially Brian Flores handpicks somebody. He's probably going to match up with that scheme pretty well. I think in the bigger picture, though, Reggie's right. Like, unless you think you're one piece away this offseason for a Super Bowl run, then you should be doing everything you can to find your quarterback for the future on that rookie deal. That's just the blueprint in the NFL. Teams that can do that have the most success. And I think getting that guy in there sooner than later is always the best plan. You got to keep swinging on these guys. I know some fans are are hurt. They're a little stung still from missing out on, you know, Teddy Bridgewater and Tavares Jackson and Christian Ponder. You got to keep swinging, though. You just have to keep trying to take a swing and find the next young quarterback for the future. Because these these quarterback contracts, guys, are so ridiculous now. It makes it so tough when you're paying a Daniel Jones-type level of quarterback, 40-plus million a year, to build a great team around him. These rookie deals just give you such a huge advantage. If you can build a great team around that young guy, it doesn't need to be a pro bowler, but he's just good enough, and you can develop him for a couple years like the Bears are doing with Justin Fields now. That's your best chance at winning unless you strike gold on a Patrick Mahomes. All right, then you can pay the dude whatever he wants. Hand him the blank check. Like Reggie says, back up the Brings truck for those guys. Go ahead. All right, that's fine because they make everybody around them that much better. But unless you do that, which is – 
one in every, what, a decade draft you find a Patrick Mahomes, you got to keep swinging on some of these young guys. Couple more Vikings fan questions to get to, but first, the built March Madness bracket is here. We know you've got a favorite bar or puff. Now's your time to make it count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorite. I'll be voting for Cookies and Cream Puff. It's my favorite. Uh, I would suggest you make it your favorite. When you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built, and one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have your favorite bars or puffs delivered straight to your door. Why do you want to load up on Built Bars? Because they're the best protein bar ever with low sugar, high protein, and 100% real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. Couple questions left from Gabby. Given the nature of the Kirk restructure, it indicates a desire to spend for this year specifically. Could we see a super front-loaded Hunter extension? I don't know if they've got... I still don't know if they have the cash. I mean, like we said, they've got to fit in Oliver money, Davenport money, Murphy money, um, and... I don't know if they can fit in new Hunter money. Like I, that That's a big ask. Um, I think, again, I, I would guess that the Hunter negotiations are not going well. Like like my gut set, because Hunter has been jerked around a couple of years on this. Like he, mm-hmm. he came off the injury, right? He wanted some assurances. Well, basically, they just escalated his free agency. They kicked, they, they moved some money around. They didn't really give him more. And then Quazy comes in. Hunter probably wants more assurances, doesn't get it. And now he's in a contract year. And after seeing the way Quasi operates, I don't really see Quasi offering Daniil Hunter a five-year deal. And that's probably what Daniil Hunter wants. Like, I, I think there's probably a big impasse in those negotiations, just my instinct. And, uh, and, and it might be hard to fit in a front-loaded Daniil Hunter contract um, if it's a shorter term deal, that's just the way I see it. Uh, Reggie, what do you think? Yeah, I just, I think it's not necessarily the top priority right now. Um, I, I think we talked, especially when the combine was going on, the big talker was, okay, what are you going to do on Justin Jefferson? With all these moves that have been made, I feel like the Justin Jefferson extension is probably not happening anytime soon. I I I just don't know where they're gonna get the money from. Um and so I, I just I, I think Daniil is a fine player and I, I think they want to keep him around and and keep seeing him have an increase in production and health and all that. But I just don't know if it's a top priority right now. And I don't know how that makes him feel in turn because you know, we mm-hmm. got news that he was looking for a new deal even last year. And so going into another offseason and he doesn't see it like I'm wondering how that's making him feel. And I wonder where we're headed here with the Vikings mm-hmm. and Daniil. But um, I, I just don't see it right now, with especially with the flurry of moves that they're making, re-signing their own, bringing in a couple other key free agents, like you said, on these shorter term deals. I just don't know what 
that looks like for Daniil. Yeah, the only time you're front-loading contracts on big-name players is if you got money burning a hole in your pocket. The Chicago Bears have been doing that with some of their big-name signings, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, and a couple other guys, because they got $100 million to spend. They can do that. Sam, you mentioned they just don't have the money to do that right now. Their back's still against the wall, even with the 15, 16 mil they just got from Cousins. That allowed them to go make some of these signings. Remember, it wasn't long ago. They were 25 mil in the hole, so they just don't have enough breathing room yet to front load a contract like Daniil Hunter. Now I'm starting to wonder after the Marcus Davenport signing, the first thing that we all thought was, ah, is the writing on the wall for Zedarius? Does that mean Zedarius is gone? What about Daniil? Maybe Daniil's on the trade block right now behind the scenes. You pull the curtain back, Quasi's on the phones trying to figure out what Daniil Hunter's value is because, again, we've figured out now he's been pretty cold and calculated so far with a lot of these big names, and he's not afraid to move some of these guys if it means clearing some cap space and getting what he feels like is equal value coming back to set up this new window he's building in 2024 and beyond. So they just don't have a lot of money to work with. Um, I'm looking at over the cap right now. I'm trying to figure out where the Vikings would be at. So let's see. This does not account for Bradbury. This does not account for Murphy. Does not account for Davenport. Um, and the Vikings are like just barely under the cap. And that's with three decent contracts, you know, still that they need to account for. So is that with the Cousins extra 16 mil then? That is that accounts for Cousins. And they are six million under. That's before Bradbury, Davenport, and Murphy. Oh wow! Um, the Murphy. I'm guessing the Murphy is backloaded. I'm guessing that Murphy probably gives them a little lighter, a little relief on the front end, maybe like eight million. And then- we don't know about Jordan Hicks's contract either. We know he restructured. We haven't heard any numbers. Correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen any numbers on that. That and you're right about that, and it looks like they have not accounted for that either. They they okay. still have him at six point five, which I think got reduced. So there's a yeah, there there are a lot of moves unaccounted for. Now the new league year is starting, and some of these transactions can actually go through. Like the Vikings, I don't think have announced the the Davenport thing officially. They haven't announced um, the Murphy thing. That'll come after the new league year officially starts. Because remember, guys, it's tampering. It's tampering. It's not real. It, these are just negotiations. Nothing's real here. Um, let's see. Any final questions from fans? Uh, what's the plan for the middle linebacker spot in the middle? Asamoa or a free agent? That's from Joshua Gowdy. Uh, I think it's Asamoa. I, mean, I think Asamoa is absolutely earmarked for that job. The Jordan Hicks restructure puts a veteran next to him. I guess the question might be, do you bring in a rookie or another low price vet to maybe spell Jordan Hicks or compete with Jordan Hicks. That that would be my question there. If that that restructure maybe kind of non-guarantees his contract, but um, I think it's Asamoah for sure. I think yeah, he's a lot. He's got first dibs for sure. I think he's earned that right the way he played on special teams. And when he did get some snaps on defense, the way he looked and balled out and flew around there a little bit and made some splash plays. So he's got first dibs for sure. Wouldn't surprise me, though, to draft another linebacker on day three or, like you said, bring in a veteran on probably a vet minimum just to compete with guys like Troy Dye and some others. Reggie, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think it's Brian and... Jordan and they're going. I, I mean, obviously you want to draft for depth and and all that. And I think if they go into this draft, third, fourth round, something like that, you hit on a guy like Asamoah in the fourth round. 
Maybe you try to find another guy who you can kind of groom and kind of do exactly what you did with Asamoah last year so that he could maybe be next to Asamoah, you know, if they move on from Hicks after this upcoming season. So, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about that competitive rebuild. We were like, Quasi, what does that mean? Either you're competitive or you're rebuilding. And I think he's showing us what exactly that phrasing means. It meant it was a list. It was one competitive. That was 2022. Two rebuild. That's 2023. We're it was just, just going a, in order it, now. It was a what, list. Yeah. What's three? Chronological. Super Bowl? <laughs> a competitive rebuild Super Bowl. That's the plan. Um, all right, guys. Well, we're ending this at about 10 10 a.m. Central Time. What's going to happen by noon? Like by the time oh, people get around to listening to this, H-E what he double hockey sticks is going to break. It's, loose. it's all. Yeah. I mean, Pandora's box is going to open up here probably the second we hit end on this record. But any, uh, any bold predictions you guys want to throw out there? Well, any we've already takes? seen we've already seen Darius Slay. He's going to get cut today. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't find a trade partner for him. So I think there's a, I think there's a Vikings trade. That gets mm. announced. I today. do too. I think I, I'm going to guess either Dalvin, and if I had to guess, I would say maybe to the Chargers or the Bills, or maybe Daniil Hunter. Maybe Daniil Hunter, not Zadarius, like we all assumed it would be. Maybe it's Daniil. Interesting. Yeah, hmm. I, I I can't disagree with you there. Um, yeah, I just got a spidey sense that there's going to be some stuff that we don't expect going on today. Um, that's the Minnesota football party. He's Luke. He's Reggie. I'm Sam. Back tomorrow with Arif Hassan and Luke Braun to break down the dramatic free agency week on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Thanks a lot for watching. We'll talk to you next time. Be blessed. Spread love. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.